All right, what's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. And your co-host, MJ. Yeah, I'm my co-host, MJ. Who's ARC one now, by the way? Oh my, oh my God, I just burped, excuse me. Um, so yeah, my ARCs went out today. I'm super excited. The release date is on the 25th. So hopefully that'll give, you know, you guys enough time to read it. I'm excited. I'm like, I get, this is like my fourth book, right? And it still feels like my first one when ARCs go out because bloggers scare me. You guys scare me. That's what um, JC Hannigan told me. She said, bloggers scare me. They you guys do. Like, you guys can make or break a book. I'm like, there's only a handful that I know that would be really mean to you about joining your art team. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, I don't know, you get the bloggers can make or break a book. So I'm anxious. I'm excited. I'm nervous to see what people think. Um, I, it's my first, uh, it's my first person of color that I wrote. Um, she's Hispanic. And so I was super nervous about that. But I did a lot of research and I literally based this entire character off of this woman from Spain who I'm really good friends with in a book group. And I literally, I literally bombarded her with questions about her life. I was just like, I need you to tell me everything. And so she was my sensitivity reader for that. And so I hope that I rep. I just, I guess I'm just nervous because I hope that people think that I represent the community and everything that it represents well. But I'm excited. I love Sophia. She is just fantastic. And I love, of course, I love Emerson. Emerson, I think, is like my favorite. I don't want to say my favorite guy, but I think he might be my favorite guy. From the few scenes that I've read prior to ARCs going out, Sophia's a little feisty. I mean, yeah. She can get mad. I wouldn't even, uh, I wouldn't even say feisty as much as she's just like, I think she is one of the strongest heroines I've wrote. And that includes Riggs. Like Riggs is strong and she's not afraid to tell you that she is, right? But Sophia doesn't need to say the words for you to see how, like the strength that she has. And so the, she was really writing her, I think maybe made me a better writer because she was so different than me. And so I think that she really helped me step outside of my comfort zone and kind of grow as an author. So I love her. I'm appreciative of her. Emerson loves her. She loves Emerson. Well, not really, but you'll see. <laughs> she She's not a big fan at the at the time, but uh, you'll see. It'll, it'll. Reasons it'll, behind that. And, and they're pretty good reasons. Yeah, you'll see. It'll it'll all come to light eventually. But yeah, so I don't want to give anything away, but I hope you guys enjoy. And make sure if you guys are listening to this, post it on like your Instagram stories. Like I want to see it on your tablet. Like show me my cover. Okay. I want to see it. I just did. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Um, but Stevie, what's up in the book world over there for you? Um not much this week, but we're um so I read a really good book the other day and I won't give a lot of it away because I really, because it's book two of a series and it's called For Your Love by Kate McBrien. And she killed it. I needed tissues. <laughs> but when don't I need tissues? Um, right. Michelle yesterday released Smoke and Mirrors. Oh my god, yes, Michelle released Smoke and Mirrors. It was live yesterday, so if you have not read it, go read it, go get it, go grab it, buy it, paperback, Kindle copy, whatever, go get it. Also, side note, if you guys need, so for all you listeners out there who are not 
like repping Valentine's Day. Maybe you're single as a Pringle and you're not a a Valentine's Day fan. If you're looking for, if you're looking for a dark romance recommendation, Tales of Sins and Darkness, the anthology, it's got a Gina Darling, um, and I forgot every other author that is involved in that anthology. They just went Piper Winners, I think. Yeah. They have an anthology of like dark romance. So good. It's so good. I cannot recommend it enough. Like a majority of the dark romance authors are on it. Yeah. It's so good. If you like dark romance, if you like edgy mafia, anything, get on it. Speaking of dark romance, our, our, uh, guest today co-host or guest co-host dark romance and i am uber excited i think is she the first dark romance all three had on here um i mean michelle writes mafia suspense but i think this is the first like dark romance author we've had yeah i think so listen stevie just it's the fluff it's the fluff for stevie she's well (laughs) and see mj's gonna be handling questions on this one because i have not had the chance to read the book yet (sighs) <sighs> listen I gush about her books I gushed about her books like in like earlier podcasts when they first came out and so I literally cannot wait to talk to her about so these. There's a there is a book I just read though that um I want to bring up which is K.A. Lind and it's mm-hmm. called the forevers and people like I hate to use the term um love triangle because it's not necessarily a love triangle it's like a couple from but one point of her life and a couple from another point of her life yeah the wedding day for one her and one of the guys and it gets interrupted so are we talking like interrupted as like thou shall like somebody needs to say something before her order peace interrupted objection objection (laughs) he literally says you can't marry her you can't marry him um i won't love a good wedding he chooses because it, it you'll I think midway you see who she's in love with more mm-hmm. but it it's Kaylin's hold the forevers and it is so good I literally sat in bed and read this thing really quickly because I was so obsessed with it um oh my God. our friend Piper Rain too who's been on the show they were hilarious together mm-hmm. um it's releasing on next Tuesday my beautiful neighbor everybody please go get this book if you read the Bailey series go get the green series You've heard these characters in the past. Now it's time they get their stories. And there's there's a bunch of siblings in this family, maybe more than um, the the Baileys because they're a blended family. Mm -hmm. Book two comes out next month, I believe. And that one is um, My Almost Ex, which is a amnesia story. And I read the epilogue for of this My Beautiful Neighbor, and you you see what happens. Ooh, okay, so cool. It's definitely worth getting, and I'd suggest everybody go read it because it's going to be a great book. Um, there is a book, and if I cannot think of it in right now, then I will definitely mention it at the end of the podcast. But I want to. There's this roller derby romance that I've been wanting to read, and I cannot remember the name of it. Similar to me, but at the end of the podcast, I'll probably think of it. It'll pop it in my head. However, I am super excited to go talk all things dark romance with Miss C.L. Matthews. 
CL Matthews lives in La La Landia with her husband and invisible friends. She wants to riot the lack lack therefore wait what she wants to riot the lack there of authentic mexican food in her state but she's an introvert at heart she enjoys tacos red bull and warm weather because she's crazy she's an oddball and realizes it's been mentioned before just go with it her joys in life consist of writing unconventional romance making book covers causing havoc to her readers hearts and genre hopping when she needs a change of scenery she's a special kind of weird and enjoys every moment of it also i love red bull as well so twinsies on that. <laughs> yes, it is, the, it is the, it is literally the, ex, what is it called? The elixir of life. I'm not even joking. Yes, I'm, yeah, I'm the same way. But thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you. I'm Seal Matthews, Cassie. I, I like going by my first name. It's just, it's easier. All right, cool. That's fine. We could do that. But yeah, no, Red Bull is like literally what keeps the heart pumping. Like it, oh, like, for sure. it doesn't work with anything else. I cannot, I literally cannot function without it. Um, so basically I'm so excited to have you. Stevie does not read dark romance. And okay. Also, if you have people talking in the background, yelling, it's my siblings that are yelling back and forth at each other right now. Um, but yeah, so I'm super excited to have you. Stevie doesn't read dark romance that much. And so when I recommend a book and it's always dark romance, she's like, I don't read dark romance. And I literally gush about the, these books all the time. I'm not even joking you. When everybody is on this podcast and is like, oh, you know, I like dark romance. I'm like, you have to read C.L. Matthews. You have to read this book. You have to read this series. I'm not even joking. It's so good because I have been looking. So I don't know if you've ever read Penelope Douglas's Devil's Night series, but I was literally obsessed with a series okay and then I came off of that series and I was like god I want another series to read like I need something like dark and edgy and then I found your book I found here lives a corpse and I was like I found it I found it and so I've like been in love with it since I started reading and so I'm super excited to talk to you and I'm like uber excited to ask you some questions and so if Stevie does not ask a ton of questions it's because i'll take care of the writing she'll take care of the reading and writing because she has not gotten around to read them yet because she doesn't prioritize the dark stuff look i'm a blogger i read all the time (laughs) okay so we'll start with here lives a corpse which is the first book in the here lives series um and since this is a continuing series with like a ton of twists and turns i don't want to spoil anything because there is like a lot of spoiler content that could be said but I do want to discuss the characters because I'm so interested in like where they came from so Colton aka corpse where did this explosive character come from with her green hair and her pink contacts like where in the world did this girl come from honestly when I started writing this book I knew I wanted her name to be Colt I I like writing boy named females I don't know why I just I I love having characters that are not the norm and I thought of like when I was in high school and junior high and I used to be all into the scene kid thing and emos and goth people like literally I was obsessed with the way they dress which is now finally making a comeback for some reason and I'm oh my god yes (laughs) I'm here for it we were literally talking about it the other episode about how like I was so like punk rock emo like with the bands and all the skinny jeans I was like I'm here for it bring it back I'll wear them I don't care (laughs) right (laughs) that's 
it's like becoming a trend now. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm okay with this. This is something I'm okay with to adapt. Now, if only Dan's Warped Tour would come back. Yeah. Oh my God, right, <laughs> right. I'd go oh back God. at 32. I'm not even kidding. <sighs> Me too. No joke. I have so, so many just... memories. <laughs> so did she just come from like the, like, like the genre and like vibe of like when that scene kind of era yeah I literally when so my whole entire corpse playlist and same and the rest of them because I have a for me personally I have a huge playlist that I I keep for them but obviously each book has specific songs I selected from that playlist that kind of match the vibe well they're all they're all 2000 to 2010 screamo and grungy music and all Mm -hmm. that stuff and so that's literally all I listen to when I write and corpse I just kind of embodied that into her I wanted her to show that being different's okay and because when I was in school I was bullied for having my hair like all matted and bright colors and now it's like a thing and I wanted her to embody like maybe it's still not okay and I wanted her to represent like she's different but she's accepting of that like she's okay with that yeah I, so I, I that's just that's yeah I, I love that you say that because it's like when I was in school I was bullied for that but I love the fact that we now have come together. Like, I like the fact that now it's like remaking its appearance and people are more accepting of it. Like, I'm totally cool with that. It's just like, where was that acceptance when I was in right. middle school? <laughs> I used to get so much crap for it. And I had a few friends that, that were, that would dress that way. But I live in like this tiny town. Oh my God, me <laughs> too. <laughs> and there was like five of us there was like five of us that dressed in all black whether we did heavy eyeshadow or heavy eyeliner or nothing they totally thought like, you worship the devil like they just yeah, yeah like but whenever they say that they're like yeah because they live in a mormon based like area so oh, yeah. when when they'd be like oh oh are you into that like satanism I'm like oh yeah that's totally what I'm into like (laughs) yes just scare them even more let's just freak them out even more um so moving on from corpse let's move on to the harem okay so cue it's raining men like from the sky (laughs) um so I have I don't want to say that I've read a lot a ton of reverse harm and all the ones I've read maybe it's like two and then one girl right this is the most men I have read in a book ever and I am here for it and I think the reason that I like it so much is because I think that you do a really good job of making sure that everybody has their very own personality I don't know how you do it but I love that like I love that Linux and I love that Ridge and all of them have like their different personalities like I can decipher who is who in the book without you having to tell me who it is right so can you give us a breakdown of the boys and like the ideas of like how they became cult harem like did you take like specific quality traits that you wanted to put in one person and like make it like what did you do did you just sprinkle them everywhere (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
honestly, when I first started writing this, which I started writing it in 2019, um, it was five guys. It wasn't seven. It was five. And the two were supposed to be catalysts. And when I started plotting, it completely changed. And it wasn't even taking aspects of like, because when you think of a romance, you think of a guy that has all the things you want in a man. And with them, people wonder if I kind of like giving them each something to add on to each other. I feel like they did that on their own. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Because when I created Lux, he was supposed to be the broken guy, but not broken. He's like this strong, clean cut kind of kid that everyone is like, oh, he's amazing. But reality, like behind the scenes, he's not. He's like, what it made him so mean? Because that man is mean. (laughs) Because he's not mean off of just being mean. He he doesn't just choose to be a dick. Like he's just. I love him. So it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) you got you got Ross and I call him the sad boy and I call him the sad boy because he hides behind charm you know he literally thinks of something funny to kind of mask his pain and I love that that's kind of how I am as a person I will make jokes cynical jokes and be like oh I'm dying inside but like I'm literally dying inside (laughs) yeah like literally like don't call me out like that because that's how I cope with my trauma (laughs) is jokes that's completely Ross and I love that about him then you got Jordan and I wanted to make him I wanted to make him the villain I wanted him to be depicted as not a nice guy like when Mm -hmm. you see him you're like oh he's so sweet but underneath he's like this conniving horrible person but not I just wanted him to look that way yeah and I his character goes a lot deeper than I've even been able to touch in the series and you'll get to know more and more per book but his character is probably besides Ridge uh, Bridger is literally the deepest character I've ever created in my life but Jordan's I like his backstory his backstory is just dark then you got Tag he's the to me he's the emo he's the stereotype emo he dresses in black clothes he has that like ratty hair with red underneath like he to me he's the classic he's like the love of my life circa 2000 yeah (laughs) yeah oh my gosh do you remember those like pictures that were on google of perfect scene kids that you never found out who they were tumblr from tumblr yes Yes. don't even even play games with me yes absolutely that's how I like envision 10 that like that feeling you got when you were a teenager and you saw them and you're like god I just want them to marry them one day or something or let them break my heart I don't care I just like yes you know either one is fine (laughs) that's that's how I I envision 10 because he's like sad all around and he literally grasps that like oh I'm a depressive emo kid like he puts that off to people. I love that about him. And then you got the twins. Listen, they came they come they, when they came in into the series, I was like, where excuse me, where have you come from? I am like, I'm like, I'm involved with these men, right? I'm involved with like these five guys. I'm in love with them. I'm trying to figure out who's my favorite. I'll tell you who my favorite is later, but I'm trying to figure out who's my favorite. And then here we go. Here come the twins. I'm like, 
you guys are going to wreck this all for me. I just know it. You're just going to wreck this for me. I love the twins. I wanted them to be charming. I wanted them to have, obviously, a darker, deep-seated life. But Mm -hmm. I wanted them to be charming. I didn't want them to be dicks. I wanted them to be that soft spot. So when everyone else was being mean to Colt, you would feel like, okay, these are the nice guys. Yeah. But they're not nice guys. They're only nice to her. (laughs) I just love, yeah, I love that. I love how Colt's like, oh, these are the nice ones. And you're like, um, get to you. (laughs) But if I walked by them, um, no. They are nice to you, man. Based on their dad, I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna stay. stay Yeah, distance. (laughs) But so in so in here lies a saint, which is the second book. Um, the heat was like turned up into like an infernal degree. And in listen, I could never ever write the scenes right because I would forget like who's where and what is in places like I would genuinely forget I, I couldn't do it like it's so much talent and I tell Stevie that all the time that I'm not, I don't think I'll ever be able to write a reverse arm I would love to but I just I could my brain could physically not keep up with that many people I would die I would die like my brain would <laughs> literally explode you ever seen like those robots that like hardwire and they like just like yes. yeah that's me that's literally me so in the previous book we got a little bit, like you were saying about Jordan, we saw a little bit more of him mm-hmm. in this book. And he was like more than just like some shady, like dude, bro, like guy. And then we kind of got to see a little bit of the real him. And I was like, Jordan, I love him. So yeah. my question is that, is it difficult for you to keep up with writing all these different stories and all these different characters like in your head? So I'm a, I'm a plot up. Uh, Lotzer. like I do panting but I also have a like in my head I have a worksheet so I obviously know each character's story before I write them and that helps like mm-hmm. differentiating differentiating each character because <laughs> you'll you'll think of Lux and I know his story from like when he was born till now and with every character it's the same way um I think the problem is is when you don't fully plot because I do both I plot little aspects because I don't fully do it my mm-hmm. my like brain doesn't work that way like I've tried fully plotting <laughs> that book, and it doesn't entirely work that way um but that being said I know their stories enough to be able to make them their own person because I in my head I see them as I'm talking to them as a person like yeah. Colt's a person to me Lux is a person Jordan's a person like all of them have their own stories and that's actually how I leave easter eggs in each book and then by the time you get to the end you're like oh okay that makes sense why she mentioned that in book one or oh that makes yeah, sense yeah 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 <laughs> But like when it comes to sex scenes, I, recently Ella Frank, an author, she asked me, she's like, how do you write more than three people? She's like, even writing three people's hard. And I was just like, you know, I literally visualize everything. I'm really good at full on 
having a visual of what's going what on. a visual that is let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way I can do it if I don't visualize it entirely like if I don't see it playing in my mind which is lucky I have that kind of mind because some people don't have pictures in their mind so mm-hmm. like that would be so hard not to be able to look at it that way and that's the only way I can visually see it I'm like okay his hands there his other body parts there you know I have to literally <laughs> because you don't want to be too visual to the point that you're like okay now I know that he's there he's there he his eyes twitch he's moaning over here like you don't want it too visual you want to leave some mystery so you're still like okay I can visualize this on my own yeah yeah still you still have to remember there's only so many holes yeah I know literally I was like that's this like I was like you lucky dog but you poor girl at the same time I was like I just know that you're like both dying and loving your life so that's literally how I felt so um Ridge he's my favorite he's been my favorite from the start I didn't getting dark because of the lighting is like away from my face and there it goes so Bridge is my Ridger is my favorite. He's my Ridge is my favorite from the beginning. I love him. I'm obsessed. He's always with been him. my favorite. It's okay. <laughs> there is just something about him that makes me want to die. And so, <laughs> is he what we can expect more of in here? Love the sociopath. Yes, this book <laughs> will be told mostly in his point of view, and I wanted that because he's so different. And without giving him a proper structure he would yeah there's just a lot to unpack there with him and he needed a book himself just because each book kind of is a little of each person you get yeah which is mostly Lux and Jordan and then you got Corpse which is all all that (laughs) which is just cult basically yeah you get like two chapters in different point of views but sociopath is Bridger's story and how he literally is the center so that's why he's also the third book because not only is he like the glue to each side he's also so entwined that he's he's actually the catalyst that matters the most and I think that's why I I think that's how people feel him when they're reading when they're reading they're like okay there's something Mm -hmm. about him that's super like tangible like they feel it when I write him because he's so ingrained like his story I know his story like so deep and I think it's because it ties into all the short stories I wrote last year um I wrote a series of taboo books they're called Mm -hmm. the Grimms and they all tie in to corpse um it's like you've just been planning this for like ever you just knew it (laughs) (laughs) I didn't plan the series forever but I the I had a structure for the Grimm's and that kind of created this because I've always had the Grimm's um the first time I wrote them was in 2018 oh yeah dad it's frozen I'd written a short story um that kind of detailed why the Grimms are so like powerful and I wanted to mm-hmm. kind of tie the Grimms into every series I ever did just because it's already its own world so 
it's it's something I have to structurally think too because I have a family tree and it's like I have to plot everything so it's not so I don't mess it up you know yeah I mean uh, yeah I mean I feel like it's a lot to remember it is I mean it's a lot to remember so yeah so I'm super excited I'm pretty sure this book is gonna kill me now because I love him and I have loved him (laughs) since the start so I'm gonna die um so besides you know the third book uh here loves a sociopath what is next for you like what are your plans for 2021 um i have a kindle world which they don't call it that anymore i have a world book coming out with corinne michaels um, mm-hmm. i have a book and it ties into my hollow ridge series, which is my contemporary series about really heavy topics that i like to tackle in a different yeah. way because you read some books with people who don't experience these things in real life and you can tell you'll read them and you're like okay I don't think they've experienced this I try to tackle topics that are really heavy that I have dealt with Um, yeah like in hell exhales really structured around suicide and Mm -hmm. depression like heavy severe depression and then you got breathe that's alcoholism which while I didn't experience it as an alcoholic, I experienced it as a person that loved an alcoholic. So I try to make these topics really heavy, but also romance to show you that love can surpass the struggle in life. Yeah. And my Kindle book, my Kindle world book with Corinne ties into that series. It's about PTSD. And it's it's a hard one. It's a really heavy book. (laughs) I'm excited. Is this one going to play into her self-hating series? I got a pot on the stove right now. And it it was, these books take a lot out of me. That's why I kind of write fun stuff for me in between. Because they're, they're just heavy. When I read them, I feel like I'm stuck in that, like, feeling again so and I'm such a feeler kind of author I write what I feel me 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 so when you read it you'll always like feel what I was feeling while writing it and that's the goal to make you hurt (laughs) oh my god listen your books okay simultaneously your books make me super excited super happy and sad and want to jump off a cliff but also like fly (laughs) so I mean you're doing your job and so I mean I love them and I'm excited to see what you have like in store I know that I have I'm in your group and so I see you post these like little teasers all the time and I'm like this lady is slow torturing (laughs) us slow torturing us (laughs) she's doing it on purpose she's doing it on purpose definitely definitely on purpose so Stevie is now going to handle the, so moving on to more generalized questions about writing and reading and all things you, Stevie's going to handle these because I've been talking for the majority of the podcast because <laughs> I'm not a writer, so I won't pretend like I know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> listen, I'm going to pull her to the dark side eventually. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like the opposite of Obi-Wan Kenobi with Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> like I'm going to jerk you over here. I'm not going to keep you. I'm going to jerk you. <laughs> And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You just wait. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just haven't found the right book yet. 
Yeah. I'm t- that's, I that's have recommended you so I many think. good books. That's so how many. I am with, like I was with Mafia, though. I wasn't huge on Mafia, and it took the right book to pull me into Mafia. So, it's like dark. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be dark mafia. It could be dark regular. It could be. I don't care. I don't care. As long as it's gonna like be edgy and weird, I'm here for it. See, and I have such a skewed scale of dark. I have to ask people, what's the darkest book you've read? Because they'll be like, oh, can you give me Rex? And I'm like, um, I need to know how dark you've read because I've read probably the worst books out there. Absolutely, absolutely, same. That is me. That is literally. I mean, how dark you trying to get? Because I mean, I read. I read books about. People falling in love with psychopaths. I mean, we get dark. Like, there's a guy cutting somebody up in the basement and up in the kitchen, and she's making dinner. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> I don't want to know. I'm confused. You need to let me know. So, yeah, I need to come with, like, a warning label of, like, you need to really like, tell me where you're at on, like, a dark scale so I don't scare you. specific. Yeah, for real, for real. What are your hard limits? <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna start making people sign contracts with me when I give them book recommendations. <laughs> All right, Stevie, go ahead. Okay, when did you realize you wanted to be a writer? Oh my gosh, this is such a funny story. So I was in college, and I was not in any specified like writing class. I had maxed out on my English with the SATs. So when I got put in this, it wasn't creative writing. It was like a fundamental cut type class. And I'm in the class and we have to write like 10 page essays, which are really dumb. I've never understood it because most of the time the professors don't even like reading them. And whenever I'd write them, my teacher would make me stay after class like my professor would literally be like can I talk to you after class I'm like why do you keep doing this in front of everyone I want to die that anxiety yes (laughs) and she's like you know I I really loved reading your paper I was like oh so you actually read these okay okay that's good to know and she's like maybe I shouldn't (laughs) put some of those things in there She's like, I love the way you write because you don't write for me. I can tell you're writing for you. And I was just like, oh, okay. I don't know what that means, but okay. And she's like, one day you're going to become a writer. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not, not going to do that. That's not happening. Because I had all these dreams mapped out. I wanted to become a death studies person. I wanted to teach at a children's deaf school and I wanted to become an interpreter like I had all these dreams and she tells me this and I put it on like the back of my mind and then not even like a year later I wrote my first book because I kept having a nightmare about it (laughs) oh yeah it's like oh follow your dream no just kidding we're gonna follow the nightmare follow the nightmare (laughs) and that's what's working (laughs) I didn't ever think I was going to be a writer because I had, I had won several pieces even throughout high school and I never really thought about it as a career. I just, I was good at it and I liked doing it, but I never like, it wasn't like, oh yeah, I've been writing my whole life. I've been so passionate about, no, it just smacked me in the face and was like, here, you're doing this now. So <laughs> that's why it's always so funny to me because I, because I'll ask my friends like, oh, did you always want to write? Yeah. And I'm like, why am I the only one that didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I the only one who's this? just figuring it out? <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I think that I don't think it matters like when you find out you want to. I think it matters like what you do with it once you find out that that's what you want to do. And I think that's all that matters, whether that be when you were eight or 35. It doesn't matter as long as you like do something with it once you like are bitten by the writer bug, I guess is what I'm going to call it. So I think that's what's important. And that's why that's why I, I write how I'm feeling or write what I feel passionate about. Because I don't want you to ever pick up a book of mine and be like, she doesn't seem like she likes writing. I want you to read it and be like, okay, I can tell this hurt. Or, oh, I can tell this was really hard. Or, oh, I can tell she loves these characters. Like, I want you to feel that. Like, that's why I write only things I'm passionate about. I love that. I literally love that. <laughs> also, when you posted in your group, okay, this is back to your, this is back to Ridge because I, yeah, yeah, I love him. But when you posted in your group about that, okay, I can't even remember the song now, but you posted a song that you were like, it's on repeat. Like, this is the song oh, that he, he talks to. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Listen, I nearly died because I am like a hoe for Bring Me the Horizon. Okay. So I was like, I heard it and I was like, <laughs> It's meant to be. I love him. We are meant to be. Right. And so I'm like in love with this fictional character. And then so I told my I tell my husband like when I'm really into a series, right? I'll tell my husband about like what I'm reading, and I'll give him like the whole spiel of like the whole thing. And he doesn't re- he retains like bits of the yeah. information, but I was telling. <laughs> Yeah, like bits of this information. It'll be like three o'clock in the morning. We'll be laying in bed and I'm like, oh my God, and you'll never believe what happened next. And then then this happened. And then like, and I have to, it's, he's puts up with me and I love him. But when I was telling him about these books, he was like, so wait, how many are there? And I was like, so (laughs) there, (laughs) and he, he was like, I, I don't. And he was like, and this is, and see, he knows like some of the lingo. Like he's like, okay, so they're not like standalone couples. And I'm like, no, 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 they're all together. So reverse harem and he was like that's a thing and I was like it's a thing and it's a good thing <laughs> so yeah my husband is like I think he's a fan I think he wants to read it I think he's interested I think he's gonna one day he'll do it <laughs> he's gonna end up reading it but Stevie you can take the next re- writing questions I have to do my eye um do you have any interesting writing quirks like eating Twizzlers wearing the same hoodie etc I always have to have a Red Bull. I don't, it's, it's probably my only uh, eating quirk. I tend to forget to eat when I'm writing. Like, I even forget to snack. I just, I get so, like, zoomed in. And then I always have my little bees when I'm writing. Oh, my God, corpse. Yeah. Do you, you have a lot of, like, cor- you have a lot of, like, Oh god, I try hiccups. Like his music and stuff like that on like the playlists and stuff. I love his voice. I listen to his voice all the time. I watch, I literally will watch his YouTube channel just to watch listen to him talk. It's soothing. Like it literally (laughs) could you imagine could you imagine being in a lobby of a video game and just like so I play like COD and stuff like that? Could I sometimes I just imagine what it would be like if I was in a lobby and he was the I would I would I not focus. To, like, I would not be able to. How am I going to be able to shoot these people with you talking in my ear like that? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't even think that I would be able to, like, move because, like, my fingers, anything. Because just, I would just have a little pan, literal panic attack. And so TikTok is obviously, like, a exponentially big thing. And so 
that's where I first heard about him. And so now I follow this account that has like little snippets of like him playing video games or whatever. And when he was playing with Brett something, he's like a Brendan makeup. Rock. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. He was playing with him and he was like, Brett, babe. And I was like, dude, you cannot say those things to me. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> they flirt so bad. And it's it's so entertaining to watch because Corpse is such a charismatic person and Bretman's such just like a flirt. Um, mm-hmm. He's super flamboyant in such a great way. And he's so funny. And, and Corpse just like gives it to him, just like yeah. he doesn't even care. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, literally get off. Corpse, Corpse is such a, to me, what he's talked about, like whether it's on his lives or his Instagram or whatever, he's a super supportive person of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, he's super- Which anti- I appreciate. And I, I love that about him. Yeah. It's always good to find someone that actually is a decent person. <laughs> right, right. Because it's a cesspool of people in the world. But writing, so. writing, writing quirks wise, all I have are my little stuffy little things and then my Red Bull. And water, warm water, somewhere. Warm water. Yeah, yeah. no, that's a no for me. <laughs> it's a no for me, Pam. You're gonna be like, uh, what's his face on American Idol? It's a no for me, dog. Yeah. On the warm water. <laughs> that one. <laughs> he shakes his head slowly, like, yeah. No, no, no. it's a no for me, dog. No, thank you. <laughs> What do you like to do when you're not writing? So I always have to create something. I hate it. I, it's, it's, it's an anxiety thing. Um, I have really, really heavy anxiety. So I'm constantly working. Um, I design covers. Like I've designed all of my covers. Um, I love all of your covers. I have all the books. Well, so far of what's been released. <laughs> the two books. And I design a lot of other authors' covers, people I've never met. Um, and when I'm not writing, I'm designing. Um, when I'm not designing, I'm making candles. Like, I'm always in a constant motion of work. Um, but yeah, I, I, I make candles. Oh my God, I want a candle oh, from you. <laughs> Listen, do you make candles that smell like your harem? Yeah. Yeah. Do you sell them? Um, I usually don't. I do book boxes or giveaways. Let me see if I can find it. I made one for the harem. Yeah. I made one for the whole series. Um, Oh my God, listen, I'll buy it. I don't care how much money it is. I'll buy it. I don't think it's upstairs, but... It's so, it's pure black, and then it has every color that's going to be on the cover, so like green for corpse, blue for saint, purple for sociopath, pinkish orange for sinner, and then red for killer. Yeah. It's so pretty. I love it. Um, And I made it smell, I made a specific smell, like, that I feel like fits them all really well. <laughs> okay, listen. Um, this is what I'm. If I if I was to have this candle, this is what I would imagine they would all smell like as a unit, like as a unit. <laughs> so that's, like, that's, when you smell it, you're gonna be like, okay, this makes sense. 
Like you, would... you'll, like you, you'll be like, this makes sense. I need the candle. <laughs> I'm gonna light it as I read. I wish I had it up here. <laughs> it's it's really pretty. Um, I show my faces. I, I show them every time I do something. Um, it's awesome. I really love it. I I make candles for friends though, like other authors. Um, yeah, I I'm just a workaholic, and it's it's sad. <laughs> Story of my life. Story of my life. Story of my I haven't. Life. I haven't so I've, I've started 23 books this year and have not finished a single one reading I have not read a book in like six months I feel that on a spiritual level on a spiritual like, level I feel that uh, yeah I unfortunately got it's my job I, I have to do that well and see and I when I started out in the community because I've been in the community since 2010 um I was a blogger and I used to read constantly. I would read like three to five books a day because I'm a speed reader. I can read really fast. And I, I would take on so much. Like every time someone would offer, yeah, sure, I'll read it. As long as it was something in the genre I liked. I didn't care what it looked like. I didn't care about the blurb. As long as it was a genre I liked, I was like, sure, I'll try it. Let's read it. Yeah. And like, I remember every year I'd read like a thousand books and it was so exhausting when I quit blogging. It was like relief because I could finally read what I wanted to, but then I stopped being able to read. Does that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> like reading became That's fantastic. Like, it, it was like almost a slow thing and it still is. The last book I read that I loved was Rena Kent's duet, her, um, the Daddy King duet. I can't even think of what it's called. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> I'm the same. I take on a million and one things at one time and then wonder why I'm tired. Yeah. Well, and, so and then you, you have the audacity to wonder why you're sleepy. Well, and then sometimes you get the books really late, like right before release, and you're like, oh my god, let's not go there. <laughs> I gotta read this really fast. We were literally we just, just talking about that. We literally just had this conversation of me we prior to recording about this, my feelings when getting sparks late. Uh, that's why I always try to give my books two to three weeks because I was a blogger. I know what it feels like to be like, oh, you have five days to read and review this because you're like, but I'm reading this and I'm reading this because you literally overlap each like thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I just got an arc yesterday that comes out tomorrow. Um, Thank God it was only a hundred and some pages and was able to finish it super quickly. I would have died. But I also, so like, I PA too. Like, I'm now in PA doing PA jobs on the side too. So now I'm like... Can I sleep? Way to go, Stevie. Way to go. So now moving on to reading questions, which I'm super excited about because I want to listen, give me all the book recommendations. There is no limit for the dark, for the darkness that comes for me. Like I started reading. So I'm not even like a, I just spilled my pop. Um, I'm not even like a regular, I guess, when people are like, oh, like, well, who made you get into romance writing? I'm like, well, 
Stephen King, but yeah. not in the way that you think. <laughs> so it's like, I promise that it makes sense in my head. But um, yeah, so there is no limit to the darkness for me. <laughs> I read my first Stephen King book when I was eight. And oh God, me too. I literally the influence. Man, he influenced so much in my life. Like my my dad loved him so much. My brother's name's Steven. Like, I want to die. Yeah, like we are the same. I have so many of his books. Like I have a whole. I'm show. not in my house right now, but, but if I was in my house right now, you would see it. You would literally see it, but I'm not in my house right now, so you can't see my collected shelf. And I was well, literally for Stephen King and B.C. Andrews because I love B.C. Andrews as well. I have like a whole, my whole shelf's like out of, in disarray, honestly, because I'm still organizing it, but I have a whole Stephen King and P.C. Andrews shelf. Listen, I feel like I could have an entire book shelf, like a whole thing of just, the, of just, of just him. And I have this thing where if I find a different cover for the book that I already have, I'm still gonna buy it because I don't have that cover. And so my husband's like, you have the book, like you have three copies of this book. And I'm like, but I don't have this cover <laughs> of this book. So there's a difference. There's, a, and this is also, I told another author this one time and it's like, I don't even care. I'm not even embarrassed about it anymore. But he used to publish in like uh, Playboy, like when he was like still in college and like he was trying to like make money before he was publishing like novels full length and he was just publishing uh, short stories. He would publish in Playboy. Like Playboy would allow him to have like a section where he would publish uh, short stories. And I have some of them because I love him that much. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, why do you have these? And I was like, it's for the short story inside. <laughs> Like, I swear. So, like, Word Processor of the Gods is, like, probably one of my favorite short stories he's wrote, and that was originally in Playboy. And, yeah, now it makes, like, so its own little thing. He, he wrote, like, an entire novel about it, and it's just insane. I love him. My whole heart. So, yeah, there is no, like, darkness for me. Limit. So, tell me all. See, see my favorite by him is Rose Matter, and most people haven't read that one, but Obsessed. That defines oh my, my life. I love that my book. Life. Oh my god, I'm fangirling right now. I love that book so much. I literally, and not, yeah, you are right. Not a lot of people have read it, but it's so like, good. I'll be like, like, oh, I love Rose Banner. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, how do you not know this book? Yeah, I just feel like it's not one of his more talked about novels, mostly just because I, I feel. It's, yeah, and the premise of the story is so epic. And, like, obviously, you know that it's not just, like, an abused woman. Like, you know Stephen King has got to put some type of, like, something up in there. And you're just, like, Yeah, because he, the the reason why I've always loved his storytelling is because he makes it so realistic. Like, you know, it's, like, so far-fetched, but at the same time, he he dances that line of realism that you're, like, so is this going to (laughs) happen? I tell people all the time that I want to write romance novels the way that Stephen King writes horror novels. Like, that's how I want to write romance. It's like, he's so descriptive and in-depth that, like, you're there. Like, you're, you're, I'm, like, here in the moment. I'm there. I'm watching. And I, I love the way he does that. 
it's iconic. It's my favorite. Okay. So anyways, reading questions, Stevie, go, 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 go before I start talking more about them. <laughs> what is the first book that ever made you cry? Um, I'm going to go with Andy because I don't remember the first uh, non-Andy book. So in 2013, I think I read this book called In My Dreams by Cameo Renee. And she was a new to me author. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been 2011, 12-ish. I don't know. It's all, it all blends together. <laughs> um, but it was this book that you kind of, when you read it, you feel like you're a part of the relationship happening. And it was about a girl who falls asleep and has a dream that her fiance is killed. He's murdered. Mm. And when she wakes up, she gets the phone call that her fiance was murdered. And so like, like a premonition. Yeah. So throughout this book, she's like trying to cope with the fact that she lost the person she loved the most. And I, I talked to Cameo a few years ago when she redid it. And now it's mm-hmm. like, she put it more on the like fantasy realm. So she changed things. So now it's, it's less of like a person who imagined this and more of like, oh, she's fated to imagine this kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. But it, but it made me sob because all I could think about was my fiance at the time, which is my husband now, um, him dying and me dreaming about it because I have really, <laughs> really visceral dreams. So I cried constantly reading this book because the whole time she still loves this guy. And even till the end, she doesn't find love. She still loves that guy. So like this whole time, she's supposed okay. to be like coping with this and she's just like sad and I'm sad with her. So <laughs> we're just a bunch of sad people. It's a bad time. <laughs> I if like you- bad books though. <laughs> If you like that book, if you like that book, have you ever read Midnight Valentine by J.T. Gessinger? No, but it's on my list. Okay, so obviously I know you said you haven't read in like six months, but if you come around to it, that that book is similar to that. Like she loses her husband and like it's not, I think a lot of people didn't read it or didn't like it because it, they thought it was like a paranormal vibe, but it's not, but it, it it's so good it like makes me die every time I, I read it like I read like books that I know make me cry the first time I'll reread occasionally just so I can that's, feel the tears that's again me. except for so a love letter to whiskey is the book that will probably stick with me for the end of my life I will never reread that book I will Cassie, never why are we not best friends the other day why why are we not best friends <laughs> Candy Steiner Steiner is the love of my life. She's my girl crush. I love her with my whole heart. I love her. She's amazing. We love her. I booked her and surprised MJ with her. She had no idea she was coming on. And I wanted to die. Opened so many doors (laughs) to ask questions. I love a love letter to whiskey. I think that was, I genuinely think that was the first. Yeah, I think love letter to whiskey. And the Good Old Boys series by Monica Robinson was the first, they were the first indie novels that I read that I was like, this hurts. Yeah. And I, I like read, it. When I read A Love Letter to Whiskey, I stayed up till five in the morning reading it. And I sobbed. My husband's sleeping next to me and I'm sobbing. <laughs> I'm like sobbing. Me. And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, it's who died? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, really? And he would roll over. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's literally, I swear, that is literally how Fletcher is. I'm not, listen, I'm getting dark again. It's literally how Fletcher is. He's like, he'll come home from work because he works night shift, right? And I'll, I'll be like six o'clock in the morning. I'm supposed to be asleep. Been up all night reading. He comes home and I am like full, like snotted, like hard. That was me the like, other oh day. God, are you okay? And I'm like, he's like, who's died? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, this book. And he's like, Jesus, Alex. Jesus. So yeah, that's literally. you read recently that made you cry? Um, I think it was, oh God, Jesus, Lord, help me. I don't even know. Listen, I'm in the same boat you are, okay? Like I, <laughs> I'm, I just finished, I just finished a uh, book and like, so, and I'm now just now starting another one. So I will tell you the, uh, I, okay, I will tell you I cried the other day for a movie. Okay, hold up. I can't tell you a book right now, but I will tell you a movie. Have you, it's this, uh, it's called Look, Now I'm is Good. Here. Oh, that's mine. Yay. We love a hot guy on the cover. Okay. No, that's mine. And so. Don't make me cry. Don't worry. It's called um, Now is Good. And it's about a girl who has, uh, basically she has lim- like leukemia and she's dying. Like there's oh no God, saving her. Oh my God, kill me. Yeah. Oh. And it wasn't even that I was crying because it's because she finds love before she dies, right? Because, you know, you, you have to. That's how I but, <laughs> but I wasn't, I could give a crap less about that relationship. Like Adam could kick, like I could fall off a cliff. I don't even care. I was crying because of the relationship she had with her dad. Oh my God, the oh, dad crushed me, killed me because they fought all the time because she, you know, like wanted to live life and he wanted to save her and they were just fighting and, and she had this list, this bucket list she wanted to do. And she got really mad and like tore up her room and it was written on the wall where he couldn't see it. And so he comes in and he sees it and he's like, I could have helped you with this. Like I, all I ever wanted to do was help you and I can't help you. And I was like, oh my God, I kill myself. So I think that was the last one that made me cry. I don't, I don't even know book-wise. I'm, like, looking at my flipping library. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know, because I don't, I don't I even know the last book I read. I read The Pain and Loving You, which is Candy Steiner's trilogy with a letter to whiskey. Make me Yeah, wiggle. And Waitlist. Welcome to the world of that. Waitlist, Welcome. oh my god. Waitlist, Rhodes is my like... First, that was my first Candy Steiner book. I love that book. It has stuck with me. All of Candy's books stick with me, though. Like they follow you just, like a thief in the night. She just writes to make an impact. You can tell mm-hmm. her job to her in her mind is to stay with you. It's yeah. literally to stay with you, and I love that. She's okay, I remember. A genuine person in general, so <laughs> she's literally a goddess. I love her. She's the nicest human being I've ever met in my entire life. Every time I've um, asked I remember her the help, book. She's like, I'm so down. I'm going to help you. And I'm just like, why are you so amazing? Me too. The last book that made me cry was Dreams of 18 by Saffron Kid. Oh, okay. She's my jam. She is the, uh, I love her. I love her. And I think I love reading her because she writes heroines that are so different from me. Because I'm very, I would like to say like hard on the exterior and I'm not very like soft. And so reading women that are, God, it's just, it's just something about these men that she writes that makes me want to die. I, so I, for, for Saffron, I feel like it's her 
blend of not only a soft female but a super feminine female she writes yeah. super feminine female and then men that are not nice but also want to protect that female so it yep. kind of does this like dual okay he's an asshole but he's like soft for me kind of thing. yeah yeah and, that and she's so poetic really, with it yes she's very prosy with her words I love it. I love it. I love what she writes it. I love it's a mixture of genuine person as well. Like oh yeah. She I think it's like I think it's a mixture of the fact that she's so poetic with it. She's so it like okay, I know she's called the Lana Del Rey of the book world, but like genuinely when I listen to Lana Del Rey's music, right? It's very airy and dreamy and I'm like in this other dimension and that's how I feel when I read her books. Like I'm literally the, the female characters are like put me in a different world. And I'm like, I'm yes, girlfriend. Yes, queen. I love you. So yeah, that's literally how I feel. Um, all right. Okay. Moving on to the next big question because we're still on the cry one. Um, who are some of your favorite authors to read? So Rena Kent is probably my number one. And that's because she could write anything and I'd read it and just like devour it whole. Did you say Saffron Kent? No. Rena Kent. What did you say? Rena. Okay, sorry. Uh, like my earphones just like cut out and I was like trying to read your lips and it just was not working for me. <laughs> um, I love Saffron though. Um, I've been reading Saffron for years. I used to beta read for her. Um, Kay Webster. I call her mom an inside joke but <laughs> k webster is amazing i love anything mm so ella frank love her a lot like i love 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 her yes isn't she the I, okay uh can we listen when stevie spits at me titles and authors i'm like oh my god i don't need, i need to see the book to like know that i've read it right but is she the one that read wrote that rock star romance it was like a trilogy Halo. Halo yeah. yeah that's it that's it that is my jam i love that book i love that series oh Girl my god i love Brooke that series Blaine, which is her co-writer and Brooke Blaine writes really amazing books by herself um love her as well <laughs> i love mm authors and that's just because i'm M person. I love Erin Watts, which they don't write anymore, but I do love them. I do read their like separate published books. Um, BB Reed, love BB Reed. Pam Godwin, Jess Lane, Jess Lane. Oh my God! If you ever need par paranormal or fantasy, her Beautiful Monster series has it's elite. It's literally at the top of the tier. She has said. <laughs> like high for me um reading pnr oh love and it katie robert oh my god do you guys read katie robert i don't I oh have, my god i don't know like, she writes the best bdsm books for one oh, okay yeah i'm here for it <laughs> from the perspective of someone that's in that lifestyle yeah so she does it correctly and when you read it you're like okay she knows what she's talking about. This is it. And she writes really good, like, a daddy character. So if you love the daddy kink, whether it's them saying daddy or just, like, that protective daddy male vibe. Oh, my yep. God. She has that, like, damn. Now, Pat, she's got it. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots um, of favorite authors. 
I'm just, I like, I, I guess, a lot of unknown authors because I have a lot of different friends. I'm here for it. I love all of, I mean, I'm not, I'm, like, a few of them I'm not heard of, but I do love Ella Frank because I do love a good MM. I love them. I, I, there is, there's like a, I have a secret obsession with them just because like literally when I do give book recommendations, right? So I have this friend, her name is Melissa and she is so picky with what she reads, not about like the, the gender of the characters or anything. She doesn't care about that. What she does care about is like these characters, when they meet each other, they better not look in the other direction of another human being. It's about them. And so if that doesn't happen, if that, she will literally have she's so emote like empathetic i guess you know that when like a character gets cheated on or something like that happens she is like i am hurting i cannot i can't read for like a week so i have to be so careful with what i recommend her and i ella frank is somebody that i, I recommend to her kind of often and she's well, like yeah i'm i'm one of those unconventional authors that makes my character super super human realistic and that's a big struggle for a lot of readers that's mm -hmm. why people are like oh can you can you tell me which book of yours to read and i was like well do you have limits because even my books whether it's trigger warnings or with even my reverse harem people are struggle with the fact that the dudes like the dudes as well and yeah. it's not because the mm aspect but because it's when you have a reverse harem it's supposed to be central around the female Mm -hmm. And mine are more poly than RH. So when people ask for an RH rec, I'm like, how picky are you? <laughs> yeah, like how? <laughs> Where are we at in this in this in this area? Because <laughs> I have I have this one friend, and she will not read a book if there's even like a mention of a previous like fling or anything. Like she, yeah, she's not it yeah like yep. she's so picky and it's not she just just like people need to only care about the person no past Literally, no future unless it's that yeah <laughs> yep that's melissa to a t and i love her for it and that's just like her lane that's what she likes to read mm -hmm. and i try my and and she she when i do that i am like um when i do that i'm like i have to break down an entire book for her before she'll even touch it like i gotta tell her the whole thing before yeah. she even says anything before she reads it and if I forget one little thing like this one I recommended her I accidentally messed up because I forgot I hadn't read it in like a long time but I gave her the the general idea of it and she started reading it and she was like what are you talking about why didn't you tell me that he was undercover and he had to date her best friend and I was like I forgot I swear I forgot <laughs> <laughs> and she was so mad at me for like a whole day I'm I that though. what I've done, I've recommended, um, Thoughtless by S.E. Stevens. Oh my years. God. And then what people are like, you didn't tell me that there was a love triangle. I'm like, oh my God. Well, it's kind of a love triangle. It's not. I was actually trying to get her into like the MC world, right? Because the reason she doesn't like the MC is because I feel like that lifestyle, uh, the guys in it are kind of, uh, like it's very common that in that lifestyle you see them with like other women that are not the heroine right so that's why melissa kind of stays away from it so i was trying to pull her in just just slowly <laughs> and so i recommended um gianna darling um good yeah. gone bad right yeah. because i felt like 
I felt like Harley Rose and Danner were a good start, right? Because I felt like Danner's like you the good guy. You should have gone with King. King would have been a better start. No, I don't. I mean, you're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, you're probably right. But I thought that Harley and Danner were like a good start, you know? But I forgot, I totally forgot that he had to go undercover. I totally, that, that, that entire part of the book just slipped over my head. And so when she got to that part, she lost her mind on me. She was like, what are you talking about? So I was like, sorry about that. But yeah, so she's just not, so I couldn't pull her into it. Didn't happen. Um, so what is your absolute favorite trope? Like trope, like what is your favorite trope to read? Taboo. Anything taboo, whether it's age gap, um, professor student like I love taboo tropes like if a book's taboo I'll I'll read it like no doubt so just anything that's like not like the norm like what's not allowed yes yes I'm here for it I'm here for it I'm fine with it I mean I don't even I guess I I guess it's more of like a genre for me than it's a trope like just like I just like anything that's just anything that I feel like has moral compass issues. Yes. I want to read. Because <laughs> it makes you squirmy because you're just like, okay, this is wrong, but I like it. Like, yeah, it's like a really good I, age gap. What? What's a really good I've age read a gap? really good age gap. What is it? People need to read Don't Kiss the Bride. Oh, by uh, Karen, Karen Cole? Yes. Oh yeah. my God, that book is so good. And have I'm not read, huge on age gap. Have you read her book, Torn? Yeah. yeah. I was just about that to say that. my first book by her. I was obsessed with her after that. So now I got to read I was literally her. just about to say that. I used to make her swag. And I had never knew her before then. And I binged all her books because I started making her stuff. I love her. She's like. She's the one who wrote the Ashes to Ember series, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. If you ever, like, just have a conversation with her, she's, like, the most down-to-earth human being you'll ever meet. Um, but Torn, Torn is my favorite. I haven't got to read her newest one, which is the one you just mentioned. I really want to read that one. <laughs> it, that one really surprised me, because that is a really big age gap. She writes, but she, she writes that, like, in-depth kind of way that you're like okay I know it's wrong but at the same time you get this attachment to the character in such a beautiful way I'm I'm such a writing person so when I read books I focus on the way the author writes them because I'm like okay I know where they were going with this and I appreciate the way people write same and that's the one thing that I really like about you is that I like the fact that you're not afraid to be descriptive in points like you're not and like you're not afraid to have pros in some places and you're not afraid to not have them like you're just very you're just very not afraid to write it like the way that it needs to be wrote or and I love that I love that like the I, more- I used to struggle with that so when I wrote Cape Hill which is one of my most popular series but it's taboo like it's a love triangle and taboo um I struggled with going places 
so when I wrote it, I felt myself I inside, I felt conflicted. So mm-hmm. when I wrote it, you could, you can read that when you read it, you can read the struggle of, okay, she didn't want to go that far or, oh, she, <laughs> she stopped before she took it too far. Like, um, and after I wrote that series, which is not even finished, I have one more book to write. Um, kind of married the fact that not everyone's gonna like my books and I need to write them the way they're meant to be written yeah so now I do not hold back and whether that gets me negative feedback which is fine I love all reviews whether they're good or bad they're actually very helpful for me (laughs) um I I can feel happy with it like most people will be like, oh, after my first draft, I really hate it. I'll read over it. And I just am like, no, I don't like this. For me, I'm like, I was honest to my characters and I allowed them to tell their story the way they wanted yeah. it. So I never have that struggle because I'm like, they wanted it this way. Even if other readers are going to be like, the oh. <laughs> 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 I, I, yeah, That's, I feel like it takes either getting a book that someone really hates and you kind of get that like okay or going outside of your norm and being like you know what I really like the way this read because for me the first book I wrote the way it was supposed to be written was Inhale Exhale and it took me three years to write and it was a book I wrote to cope with the death of my grandma and when you read it you will feel that pain the whole entire time oh like, I've not, there's not a single person that's read that book and have that tribe that I've talked to. I had a TikToker, she's a super sweet girl. Um, she messaged me and she's like, I can't finish this book right now. She's like, for one, <laughs> it put me in a bad mental state, which I have an author's note in the beginning and it's really long and it just kind of tells you you know, don't read this if your mental health is not well. Don't read this if you struggle with depression and stuff because this is as raw as it gets. Like you yeah. will read it and be like in that state. And I always tell people, if you're not in a good mental state, please don't continue reading it until you are or please don't continue reading it because I don't want you to be put in a position where you're worried about your own health. And she was she's like I had to stop reading it she's like I cannot go a page without sobbing and I'm just like (laughs) (gasps) and I get emails all the time this helped my marriage or this made me realize my marriage wasn't for me and it's just one of those books that will either change your life in a positive outlook or it'll make you really hate it because the characters are really human they're I love it. Don't you love how much people hate humans? Like, well, you know, people always tell me I read to escape, and I was like, yeah, but sometimes you need to read to feel, because when you're depressed, it's hard to feel. It's hard to force yourself to be present in that moment, and that book forces that on you. It forces you to really look at your life, whether it's with like, oh my God, I'm a depressed person, or oh, I need to leave this relationship or this person's not treating me right or whatever it may be. It's just one of those books that 
forever like encompasses sadness to me so whenever I even open it <laughs> to this day I'll like open it and I'll just start crying because that book took everything out of me but that was the first book I wrote not for anyone but myself and I need to write read this book it it's very big it literally I'm here for it I'm here for it I don't even care so sad but I like when people are like which book of mine should I should read I was like well it depends on what your limits are because if if you're like a sad person you can be triggered by things that are sad you know yeah and I always ask are you prone to like depression are you prone to having an episode of self-harm like I always ask these questions before recommending my books and I guess that's one of my biggest issues when I try to promote my books is I'm like do I promote this book the way like that I don't care if a person reads it and has a like a suicidal episode like I have to for me I have to look at my books in a different light than other people do with their works they're like oh read this I'm like but can you can you mentally read this without yeah <laughs> like, like I care about your health so let I, me need know. To, I need to know <laughs> um there's just like even while reading a love letter whiskey it didn't make me suicidal but it made me really sad like yeah. for I think three weeks I couldn't read it was just really sad it, yeah like I, it affected me that deeply and like, I think about it now and I think about the pain it put me <laughs> oh B and Jamie were too much, too much for my young brain to comprehend. They, oh my God, I love them. So, okay. So we're going to ask a few trope questions and then we're going to ask taco questions. And then we will be at the end of our podcast and we will have to sadly say goodbye. But my one trope question is I'm going to ask one and then Stevie's going to ask one and then we'll go to the tacos. So what is one trope you're never going to write? Right? Never going to write. I can't do fluffy romances. Like the romances that you know where it's going and you're like, oh, this book's going to make me happy. I can't write those. So Stevie, sorry about your luck, pal. <laughs> Stevie's, like a secret, Stevie's like a secret baby. Like, That's true. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't help it. There's something about these secret and surprise babies that get me every time. I can't do it. I don't know why. Like I've tried writing um, softer romances just to get a uh, like, cause sometimes you need that mental cleanse yeah. and it just doesn't work for me. I feel like the plot's just not deep enough for me personally as a writer. Yeah. Well, I write, so currently, well, I just finished a sports romance. And like, when I tell people, I got hiccups, first of all, when I tell people that I write sports romance, they're like, oh, so it's funny. And I'm like, no, no, it's not funny. I was like, it's a lot of trauma with like a smidge of hockey. Like hockey's there. Hockey's there. It's like a part of their lives, but it's not a romp. Like, it's not like a serenade, like sports romance, like where you like laugh. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not funny. Okay. I am there to make you cry. And to debate your life. That's what I'm there to do. 
And so, yeah. And so when I recommend it to people, it's like, I don't, I, it's like, I almost hate recommending it as a sports romance because I feel like I'm misrepresenting what I'm writing because people are like getting into this book, like, oh my God, it's going to be so funny and light. And I'm like, Ugh. and I have, I have like warnings at the beginning, right? Because there are, I have like characters who deal with suicide and like mental health and uh, like sexual abuse and that kind of stuff. So I do have like trigger warnings and like in my author notes and stuff like that. But some people just, fly right by that they don't even they don't even looking and I'm like uh cringe I was like okay well I tried to warn you so yeah I feel like people put sports romances in a mutually exclusive rom-com vibe but it's like you read him and us by Serena Bowen and L Kennedy and it is not all butterflies and rainbows Mm -hmm. it has emotional angst and like that struggle so, but it's also about hockey. So yeah. I feel like people kind of, depending on the first sports romance they read is how they decide how it'll be. So like, if you read him and us, you'd be like, okay, so it's not funny, but it's kind of emotional. Or if they read Helena Hunting, it's funny, but it's emotional as well. Yeah. But if they read like Sarah and I or Amy Dawes or like any of the authors that write the more lighthearted kind, mm-hmm. they will like relate comedic to it instead of ink. But I love sports romances. I don't think I'll ever write one, but I love. I, love I mean, for real, I came out right out the gate. I was like, listen, my first one's gonna be age gap. I'm gonna set the tone. I'm gonna set the tone. <laughs> she did too. <laughs> I'm gonna set the tone for this entire series with this book, so that people know I'm not playing games. Like it says, not because I don't. Have- I don't think I'm a funny person like there will be reviews where people are like oh this was funny like I think the author was you know really funny in like some of these places and I was like I was not trying to be funny but thank you <laughs> thank you so much I really appreciate it I love it it's like a little pat on the back my little the comedian the one that wanted to be a comedian inside of me is like yeah go you buddy so that's how I feel all right Stevie you take the last trope question and then we're going to tacos if you were in a book what trope would you want for your story I've always been super, like, as a little kid, I always wanted to be a rock star, so probably that. Rocks are romance. So the majority of everybody, everybody says enemies to lovers. Everybody, like, the majority Why? is enemies to lovers. Why? Just- that is my romance. So my husband was my worst enemy, and I wanted to punch him in the face constantly, but now we're married. So I, want- I want somebody to hate me so well, the blossoming of love. <laughs> yeah, I would want a rock star romance because I feel like it'd be fun. Well, you don't and want then, enemies to lovers because you've already lived that. The yeah. other one that is also repeated is billionaire. Oh, well, duh. Uh, They're like, I, I want a man to drop everything on me. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with it. I feel like that's a love language thing because my love language isn't kiss. My mm-hmm. love language is uh, touch, which I hate when people touch me. So it's really funny. That's what that my love my, Okay, so my love language is words of affirmation and like a mixture of um, uh, acts of gratitude, like servitude. What is it called? Service. Like when they do, yeah, when they do things for you. Mm-hmm. right so they take the trash out I'm like I love you so like um that's like a mixture of mine but listen I don't care if he's like billionaire like I can buy myself somebody <laughs> who's gonna give me those love languages <laughs> that's, that's how I feel that's how I feel about it like I can find happy I can find happiness and add words of affirmation in the Bahamas or something in Alaska 
like I never say this, but I'm a Sagittarius and one of the biggest quirks of Sagittarius is the thrill of life, mm-hmm. whether that's traveling or having something exciting. I think that's why I write the way I do and also why I'd want to live in a romance because it'd be fun. Like I, I would want to, but I'm such an introvert and I have social anxiety, but at the same time, I'd still be for it. Like I used to love doing, going to bands and doing mosh pits and stuff. I just changed when I got older, I guess. I, did you say you're Sagittarius? Yes. I'm a Leo. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're such a like, so I always <laughs> say Leos are are such a mood because Mm -hmm. not only are you like the enthusiastic ones you're also the cynical (laughs) so you're like about right (laughs) i'm here it's fine i accept it i love it i'm here for it okay because i'm not afraid to admit that i like the attention sometimes okay (laughs) meanwhile i am all pisces however no wonder you're so emotional i'm just kidding anyway so So it literally me to a T. I don't know who I was just having this conversation with, but I am full Pisces down to a T. I, <laughs> I love you, Stevie. I, I mean, that's why we work so well together. No, I mean, I'm okay with admitting that I like the attention. However, I think Leos get a bad rep sometimes. Like, I know that, okay, so TikTok has a lot of, like, Zodiac people on there, and I'd be yeah. watching them things, and I'm like... <sighs> This makes me aggravated because I mean I don't feel like all of us are materialistic. Like I could really care less about like having things, right? I mean I do like I'm not. I think okay. most of those are wrong, honestly. Yeah, I'm like kind of I am the center of my friend group though. Like I have. That's okay. not right too. If I were if I were to if I were to die tomorrow, right? The friends that I am friends with would not be friends if I was not there. Does that make sense? Like I yeah. have pulled people from random places. You're the glue. To make this, I'm the ridge. Yeah, there you I'm go. Ridge. But I, <laughs> I, I, no, no, no. So I'm okay. I'm okay with being Leo. I know that we get a bad rep sometimes. And, but at the same time, like, even though we like the center of attention and, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm confident. Like on the inside, I hate myself. So it was like, I saw this one and it, it I saw this one thing and it was like, God, when make, it was like some angels when making Leo. And it was like, you know, it could be really funny. Why don't we give them this super big ego? But on the inside, they're really insecure. <laughs> I was like, it's accurate. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. You know, uh, corpse is a Leo. Oh, sh- twinsies. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is, though, is he a July Leo or is he an August Leo? Because that's a very. August Leo. <gasps> Me too, fam. <laughs> Me too. We're twinsies. Twinning. We would be really good friends, but listen, I can never. Oh my gosh. It. So, um, Bridger is also a Leo. I knew it dude I knew it oh man but that kind of sucks because even though we'd be probably really good friends because I have like a Leo like I would we would never we would never we would never be able to date him I cannot date another Leo especially another August Leo could never god I hate myself you think I could date another one of me absolutely not here's my theory about with my with me being a Pisces you know how Amber and I are going through our little thing right now yeah my best friend for of like 11 years we're both Pisces Oh, yeah, that's what it is. It's all that emotion. It's all that water. My birthday is the 22nd of February. Hers is March 1st. Our birthdays are exactly one week apart. One of you needs to be a fire sign to, like, get out all that. So we are too much alike, which is why we butt heads so much on certain things. Like, 
It's like locking horns. It's bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> I can't put up with another one of me. I could never. But I'm I love the best friends of Gemini. <laughs> but yeah, I so I love Bridge. That's why I love him because he's me. I love myself. I literally, I literally <laughs> have everyone's birthdays written out. My my one beta, she's actually an alpha. She does all my timelines. And we wrote out all their birthdays. Wait, let me guess something real quick. Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Colt, corpse, right? She a Virgo. Let me, let me look. Listen, I'm right, I'm going to scream. She gives me mad Virgo energy. I don't know which dates Virgo is. Am yeah. I right? Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I am literally the last date too. Her birthday. <gasps> She's a cusp. She's like a Virgo. She's on the cusp of Virgo and Libra. I am a. I'm iconic. Yes. Now I probably couldn't do it for everybody. I might, I might be able to guess them, but I knew it. She gave me mad Virgo energy. I'm friends with a lot of Virgos. My best friend is a Virgo and I can like sniff them out from a mile away. Them cynical people are, I know them. (laughs) (laughs) Sniff them out from like eight miles. All right. So taco questions. We got onto horoscopes. We're going to ask taco questions. Then we're going to wrap this up. All right. First taco question, hard or soft? Uh, Real tacos. Real tacos. I'm I'm half Mexican, so I only eat real tacos. When people are like, "Oh, do you like these tacos?" I'm like, "Are they real tacos or are they they the Caucasian version?" Asian. Don't call, Caucasian. Me, out like that. Don't call me out like that. Listen. <laughs> Don't call me out like that. <laughs> I really am trying. So obviously I've, I've grown up in like a really small town in like Southwest Virginia my whole life. So obviously we have no real tacos here. Okay. <laughs> but I am trying, like I, I'm not saying this word cause I don't want to butcher it. Um, but I want to make these, the B word tacos, Biarna, Biara. Oh, the, I can't even say it either. I know what you're talking about. You know what about? with like the sauce and like the pork and all that I want to make off I want to make authentic tacos and one time I made like real corn tortillas turned out terrible but I tried corn tortillas uh from like corn stock did you make it from corn stock or did you make it from I bought it in the store (laughs) it's like the dough that you make it so I and all you needed to do was put it on like a little taco press thing it turned out terrible oh my god shut up I am like, listen, I'm Caucasian. I know that. I'm, I was trying to bridge out. Hey, you tried that. That's that's an A for amazing. Okay, so what's your favorite taco topping? Um, So I have a taster's gene, so I don't like cilantro, but I love cilantro. Does that make sense? Like, I don't like it because it tastes like soap, but I love the way it smells. So, Yeah. Yes, I love being touched, but I hate being touched. Like, my love language is touched, but I hate being touched. I love cilantro, but I hate it. <laughs> well, so I have a taster's gene. So coriander, which is also cilantro, tastes like soap, literally. Yeah. Um, it sucks, but it's, it's amazing at the same time. Like, if I can move past my taste buds. The taste of soap? 
so usually I can get my first bite in and I'm like oh my god this is so good and then the second bite it's like total soap and I'm just like why how am I a half Mexican and I can't even eat cilantro okay so so besides cilantro what else is your favorite topping guacamole salsa I like very messy with lime too I love guacamole, but listen, sour cream is my favorite, and I, it's probably the most Caucasian topping for, like, tacos. I don't okay. eat it on my tacos, but I eat it on my enchiladas. Um, but it's, I feel like it's such a contrast, and that might be why, um, food-wise. Some people like savory with their sweet, and that, to me, is, like, a salty mixed with, like, the savory, you know? It's yeah. kind of like a different... I eat sour cream on everything. I'm not even ashamed. I love it. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. So, Stevie, you take the last taco question because my family is bombarding. They're all waking up. It's to one o'clock and everybody's deciding to wake up. So, Stevie, take the last taco question. I have one. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I sent you a list. No, you didn't. Just think of one. One taco question right off the top of your head. Oh, God. I don't even like tacos. That's Quesadilla, Quesadilla or burrito? There you go. Quesadilla burrito. Well, burritos are technically not even a Mexican food. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. So I did not know that. <laughs> well, um, it's actually Caucasian-made burritos. Of course. So- Colonizer over here. Dang it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of quesadillas though, especially ones with like different cheeses and different like mixtures, whether it's like garlic salt or putting different kinds of like paprika or chili or whatever. I love quesadillas. So do you like, are you anti-Taco Bell? That's like a serious question. Yeah. yeah. No Taco Bell for you? No. God... I like Taco Bell. <laughs> like, I like their nacho fries, and that's like as far as it goes for me. I think the one place that I've ever had like really authentic tacos was a uh, street, like uh, food, like car. Mm-hmm. What is it called? Food, food truck. truck. Food truck. That's what I was looking for. I lost the word. Car, street, car. Yeah, any of those work. Yeah. Those are the most authentic ones you'll find in a small town like mine. I only have one place, and it's not even in my town. It's like 45 minutes away, but that's where I go to get my tacos. I don't want to cook them. (laughs) But that is our last question for you. And so I want to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It has been so much fun. We kind of like leave this spot open if you want to talk about like a sale or like anything about your books. Like the floor is yours. Corpse is on sale and so is Saint. Corpse is on sale for 99 cents and Saint's $1.99 until Sociopaths release. So, yeah. And all my books are in Kindle Unlimited. Yes, they are. They are. (laughs) And the paperbacks are gorgeous. (laughs) But thank you so much for having us. Having, oh my God, thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) It's been great talking to you.